that is a guitarist progressive Gold Coast band Opus of a Machine whose album Stray Fire is out now. They'll be playing at Progfest in Melbourne on the 26th of January, Sydney on the 27th, Brisbane on the 28th, and supporting Monument in Adelaide on the 29th, and in Perth on the 30th. Zach, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for this. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're really welcome. Let's go back to the beginning a bit. Um, band started about yeah. five years ago. Uh, talk a little bit about how it came together. Uh, uh, basically, um, it, it started it started between me and the singer Mitch. So we go way back. We we went to school together. We have basically been playing music together ever since we picked up our instruments and started playing for the first time. Um, so we've had a few kind of like uh, been in and out of each other's lives for a long time. And uh, um, around the time when he was moving up to Brisbane, I was doing the same. Um, and so we basically just started writing music together. And there's a lot of stuff that came out of it that came out of that for our first album, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, the rest of the guys, I we I, I met in university, um, and that was pretty much the rest of his, rest is history. We ended up doing our first album, Simulacra, uh, about four or five years ago. Took a little bit of a break because uh, commitments that I had with uh, my, the the other band that I was in, Caligula's Horse, and then we. When I left Caligula's Horse, we, we pretty much just came straight back into it full time, wrote Straight Fire, and here we are. Now, the name, where did that come from? Ah, it's a tricky one. <laughs> um, the name Opus of a Machine, uh, it sort of came to me one day. Uh, in, you know, I like to think a lot about it. I'm a big sci fi fan, and I'm a big sort of fan of, uh, you know, kind of like imagining sort of different worlds and all of that stuff. And I, I, I came up with the name, uh, I believe I, I, I found it on a YouTube comment for um, some other guitarist, I can't really remember right now, but uh, it was essentially a YouTube comment that was like uh, critiquing the, 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 the player's playing style, saying that he, he sounds, you know, he's, he's completely emotionless, he sounds like the opus of a machine. <laughs> and and, I, and I, as soon as I saw that, I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, that guy kind of just accidentally thought of something really awesome. <laughs> and I, so I, I, I took the name and, and uh, I just thought it would, it, it's a really kind of like cool little phrase. It seems like a really kind of juxtaposed thing of like, what would, uh, what would a machine create if it, if, it, if it was able to create the world's greatest art? Um, so it was just a phrase that really kind of stuck with me for a long time and I didn't really think it, would be end up being a, uh, a an, an a band name, but here we are, kind of just kind of just stuck. It's probably kind of an obvious thing in, the, in that it's. I would imagine it's kind of the music you're into, but like why these kind of broad style of kind of progressive metal, progressive rock, post rock mixed in together? Why has that kind of attracted you and uh, made you want to make this kind of music? I think um, there was. There was kind of a watershed moment for me when reforming the band um, after I had a big sort of period of hiatus, and that was um, because leaving leaving a band like Caligula's Horse, where uh, you know I had a bit of writing involvement with that, but a large amount of it was uh, was solely uh, in the realm of, of Sam and Jim, the, the guitarist and singer. Uh, and I never really wanted to mess with that personally. I, I felt they had a really, really great energy and a really, really uh, a, a good writing process. 
um, when I when I left the band and I knew that I wanted to kind of pick Opus of a Machine up full time, uh, I my only kind of thought process is I don't really I don't really want to kind of create uh, a band in a specific genre. I don't really ever want to kind of do something that uh, I don't really want to do something that will fit into a particular to a particular style. So I kind of just I kind of just started writing music that I like, um, songs that I like, sort of sections that I like, and it kind of just came together that in that way. It's really just it, there's really not really kind of too much deeper meaning to that. It's really just I I love the styles that I experiment with in, in the band. And so I, I kind of just roll with that. There's never really a sort of a big, big consideration of, you know, you know, what kind of musical identity we'll have. It's always usually been, uh, write what I want and, and play what I want. And if it comes out as a good song, it's a good song to me. Yeah. Now, from what I gather from you talking, obviously sort of reviewing the, the credits, of the album, it's it's uh, the the main sort of musical drive behind the album is you and Mitchell like let's take it back a bit yes so yes, correct. so you guys how do you like not everyone jams like not everyone, not everyone's style gels when they're writing how do, how do you guys kind of gel what is it that enables you to work together in that way well. I mean, as I said, we, we, we kind of grew up together. We went through, Mitchell and I went through high school together. And so, you know, a lot of these kind of pivotal albums that you have when you're, when you're a teenager and a lot of these things, you know, everybody has them. Everybody looks back on their teen years and, and thinks they have that, that, that one album or those few albums that, uh, that really changed, really changed you as a person and kind of, you know, defines who you are musically later in your life. Um, Mitchell and I really shared that, you know, we both had, we, we were both there together sort of listening to these albums together. So I'd say naturally our, 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 uh, our interests kind of aligned in that way. Um, we both have, you know, we, we both had that kind of a bit of a, a, a bit of a start in, in metal and new metal as, as most teenagers did back in the early 2000s. <laughs> and it kind of, it, it kind of moved a little bit more into sort of uh, progressive territory and we kind of get, got into progressively more uh, different music. Um, and so that kind of, that kind of defined where we, where we wanted to take a musical project if we were to ever start one ourselves. Um, so it, it, it really was, we, we, we do butt heads a lot, but I feel as though Mitchell and I can be uh, probably the most honest uh out of any any of any sort of friendship that I have, especially when we're in the writing room, we can we can be really really objective with each other, and that simply just comes to, um, comes down to the fact the fact that we've spent so many years together. We're, we're like an old married couple. So you talked a little bit earlier about the fact that part of what has um, sort of driven this album is kind of letting go of some of your ideas about like what the music is and, and sort of settling for the music you kind of really want to hear. Is there anything else that kind of, I know, separates this one from its predecessor? Stray Fire uh, was, was certainly a, a conscious effort to do something different. Um, we, we started doing, we, we start, when we started writing this, uh, I had, I, I naturally kind of just, uh, I had a large period of time where I kind of just, I was, I was kind of off heavy music. Um, I was listening to, 
a lot of very different stuff. I was listening to a lot of Radiohead, a lot of hip hop, a lot of uh, electronic music at the time. And uh, obviously, obviously, there's a lot of it's a, it's a very guitar driven music. You know, I write music uh, almost solely from from the guitar. So there's gonna always gonna be that that old element of metal come through. But with Stray Fire, it was it was it was like I, I I never I didn't want to I wanted to return after after such a long time and not do something that was really just kind of card and copy of what I knew in the past. Um, and I certainly didn't want it to be anything that was similar to uh, anything else I was known for, you know. So this was kind of like a conscious effort to really create something that, um, you know, there's heavy parts in there and there's, uh, and there's also sort of soft and electronic parts in there. It's really kind of like a conscious effort to try and create something that was uh, sort of stands out above, uh, above other, other bands in our genre and really kind of create something that isn't, Typically, isn't typically what you would hear in, in in the genre of progressive metal or progressive rock. So um, it was really just sort of a motivation behind uh, wanting to kind of be my best self, really, and 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 write the best music that I possibly can, regardless of what genre it's at in. In terms of like you, so let's say this sort of like hypothetical scenario, you uh, you've got some like some time in the afternoon or whenever. And you're like, yep, I'm going to start writing a particular song for the next album. Um, what, what does that right. process look like for you? Do you have any kind of, I don't know, moods, environments, processes that like really motivate you and then get your creati- creativity going? It's, uh, it's funny because, like, I, you know, probably for the last five, six years, I've, I've, I've been in very different situations in my life. Uh, in like, you know, I've kind of, you know. As you do in your sort of your early twenties, you while you're while you're studying or while you're sort of working some dead end jobs or anything like that, I'm constantly moving around. I'm constantly being in different spaces and different scenarios. So I've never really had like a long period of time where I've where you know this is the place I write music. This is this location that I get to write my music. You know, um, so you know I've I've, asked, I've often thought about that question myself quite a lot. Um, and I think it, it I, I've never really had kind of like a formula of, of, you know, sitting down and writing something for the next album. Obviously when I write, when I sit down, it's always going to be from the realm of I'm writing this for, for, for Opus of Machine or I'm writing this for a particular purpose. Um, but right now, how, how we write right now is, is really because it's really in a unique position because um, we're kind of, finding all of these old ideas that were didn't really maybe didn't make it under stray fire or simulacra or didn't really kind of uh uh evolve into the songs into into songs that would uh, that would eventually make it under an album so uh we have this huge kind of catalog of riffs and ideas and uh a huge amount of them and a very very diverse range of these ideas um so this is kind of like the fir- for the first time probably in my life that I've actually kind of get to pick and choose what I where I want to go creatively um, out of out of out of real ideas that exist. You know, back in the day it was really just um, you know I'd be I'd be doing whatever I I'd be doing throughout the day and there'd be an idea that strikes me and I I I couldn't do anything besides go into my studio and and get this thing down. It, it, it kind of plagued me forever. 
Whereas um, now it's a bit more methodical. I mean, like, you know, Mitchell and I, we, we meet once a week. We, we, we sit down in our, in, our, in our little studio and we just listen to ideas. And, uh, you know, 50% of the time that turns into something really, really productive and we, cre- and we create something really, really awesome. Uh, and the other times we just sit back and we listen and we talk and we talk about ideas and talk about sort of conceptual ideas or little bricks or styles that we want to do. So it's, it's really new territory right now when, when, I'm, when I'm writing. Uh, in the early days, it was always really kind of just like I I I needed to have a uh, I I had inspiration for something you know the classic you know you've got this one riff in your in your head and you just need to get it down, whereas it's a bit more kind of streamlined and a bit more um, a bit more sort of processed in a very healthy way nowadays. Now it was, we've sort of been talking about you you and Mitchell, but one particular song in the album, Rudy's song. Uh, was written by yourself and the the drummer Trevor. Talk a little bit about how that song came about. Oh, that um, I actually wrote that song. That was one of the few songs that I ever wrote um, that I never intended to uh, have it be part of Ocus of the Machine. Actually, and you can probably hear that it's not. It's very very different. It's an instrumental track, uh, which we've never really done. Um, and my whole approach to that was well. A bit of the backstory. Um, uh, Rudy is uh, my basically my, uh, my godson, my uh, my fiance and I godson. Uh, we have really really good friends uh, who ended up ha- having a um, a little boy uh, about a year ago or a year and a bit a bit ago, and um, they asked to to, to create something um, or to, you know to create a gift for him so when he grows up he can listen to it. Um, and they didn't want it. They didn't want want with us to just sort of buy something. So I, I wrote him a song, and in, in one night, I kind of just sat down, played around with some stuff, and um, the main melody of that sort of came out of uh, came out of that writing session. It was effectively the entire sort of bare bones of the song uh, um, came out in this one little writing session that I had on my own. And uh, realizing that, I I, I kind of I kind of got that in my head quite a bit. I really, really liked it and started developing the idea. And it was actually one of the few songs I kind of went to the, uh, went to the rehearsal space um, with the rest of the band and said, let's, let's just play around with this. And uh, Trevor was, 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 was immediately attached to that song. He was like, he was, he was, he was very attached to it. So he kind of jumped into it and started having all these structural ideas and all of these other little things. Um, and by the end of it, it was kind of turned into something that was uh, certainly not like what it was before. And I, it, it was, it, it was definitely because of the input that Trevor had on that. So I couldn't, you know, I could not have him as a, um, have, have him as, ever, as a writer. It was, um, he really kind of made that song his own. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of emotion and feel that's in that drum performance that um, I think uh, isn't quite captured in some of the other songs. So I, I, I he certainly kind of deserved that songwriting credit. That was one of the kind of the more unique experiences we had with, with songs where we would, you know, typically it's always been Mitchell and I in the studio and we're writing kind of um, from a, from a production perspective, we sit down here with pro tools and get some layers down and we kind of think about it from, from that perspective where that was sort of the first song I kind of brought to the rest of the band. Uh, And it was, it, it, I love it. It was it's a really different song. Uh, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I think it's one of one of my favorite songs I've ever written.
In terms of, you know, moving from instrumental to lyrical, in terms of lyrical content of the album, how does that um, come about between you and Mitchell? Oh, I, I, it, the first album, it was, uh, it was a, about 50-50. I think it was, um, I think it was probably more me than him for, for lyrics. Um, but Stray Fire, um, basically music and, and lyrics, are effectively 50-50 with Mitchell and I now. Um, the the lyrics in particular were probably about maybe 70% him, 30% me. So there was there was a few lines that I kind of, I, I wrote within the album. Uh, but it, I, I really wanted to kind of let Mitchell, you know, make that his baby and make that, you know, the, 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 the thing the thing that he was sort of sort of known for in that in in that album you know uh i mean obviously he's he's a singer writing writing melodies and writing lyrics is he knows his voice better than anybody so i i I just figured from a from a practical standpoint he's better off writing that stuff because he knows how to create the best the best performance he can you know um with with the with the lyrics it's it's a shared it's a shared effort in terms of uh conceptual ideas definitely um, Mitchell will usually come to come to us, come to us or or me with like a um, really 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 great idea for a singular concept or a song or something like that. I I have a tendency, uh, whether it be a <laughs> whether it be a fault of mine or a um, or a skill that I have, but I have a tendency to overthink a lot of a lot of lyrics and a lot of songs in uh, in my own music and sort of start thinking about these kind of grand narratives and grand concepts that we're, I'm able to kind of introduce uh, to the lyrics to try and kind of give it some sort of cohesion across an album. Uh, I've never really said that Stray Fire is a concept album lyrically. Um, it's not, I, I, I still wouldn't consider it that, but there is a, there is a stylistic uh, cohesion around the lyrics and around what we wanted to kind of achieve with that. Strayfire is a lot more personal than Simulacra. It's it's really something that um, uh, I think Mitchell really tapped into a personal side with uh, a lot of the themes on that album. Um, I did as well. We we you know we went through a lot of two sort of very different periods in our life um, during when Opus was uh, was on hiatus. So we had a lot to kind of say and a lot to sort of express through that album. And as a result, it is it is a very personal album, but it's a very kind of singular kind of emotional album it's you know there's not a lot of stuff on there that's a real that's kind of that 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 has a lot of social commentary to it it's really really personal yeah in terms of the uh, the the title of the album stray fire was that something you had in mind prior or was it a a choice of um you know relating it to one of the tracks how did the title come about um i actually I, i actually thought of the title of the album I believe before the song, I'm 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 really my memory's really bad on this because <laughs> because it's uh it was all it was all kind of came together very very quickly. But I think I I thought of the I thought of the phrase uh, we are all stray fire, and I don't know where that ca- kind of came from. I think that was it was more kind of like I don't know it's it's it, it's it's probably pointless dwelling on that but I was uh, I, I I thought of this phrase and that and that was much like uh, much like the name of the band it just kind of stuck with me for for a few days I couldn't really kind of get it out of my head I loved the 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 I loved the two words stray fire I think it sort of phonetically sounds really really good and and, and I really like the link between 
you know this whole this whole this straight fire the album is is a a, lar- a large uh, in part about personal growth and realizing sort of who you are and you know uh what you consider home and letting that define who you are um and i feel as though the how, how that kind of relates to the to the title straight fire is um that it, I wanted. I, I sort of had the idea of a of the metaphor of the, of the fact that we are all stray fire. We all kind of get caught up and 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 feed on 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 what's around us and 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 create the world around us uh, in a sense by also destroying it. Um, and I think that kind of I don't know. There was there was something sort of unexplainable about it. It sort of the the, the album title kind of just stuck with me. Um, a very kind of it's a very kind of catchy title i think and I, I i i couldn't kind of leave it alone as soon as i as soon as i had that in my head in terms of the artwork who did you get to do that and what was their brief um we i tracked down a guy um because i actually spent a lot of time looking for artists online um and I knew that I wanted to kind of like you know I have a I have a few a network of a few artists that are that are incredible in Brisbane and around Australia, um, but I wanted to I wanted to kind of specifically find somebody new to work with. I wanted to find somebody who had a completely different style to mine. And my my original intention is to look for uh, look for an artist that never actually had too much experience in uh, progressive rock or progressive metal. You know, there's there's a I feel as though uh, there's a there's, there's a specific style that I'm noticing in a lot of a lot of progressive metal nowadays, where it's 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 got to be dark or it's got to be it's got to be really kind of moody or really sort of like it's got to be a particular way, you know. I found um, it's a, a guy called Aaron Powers. Uh, he's got a a, a a website called new uh, www uh, it's he's a fantastic artist. I, I as soon as I found him, I, I I was absolutely blown away, which is obviously why I contacted him. He's a guy from uh, the United States, and I I found him on I believe Pinterest. <laughs> Don't ask me why I was on Pinterest. I think it was for the express purpose of looking for an artist. <laughs> but um, I found him on Pinterest. I sent him a message. Uh, tracked down his website. Sent him a message and said, "Look, man, I I I just I love your art." Uh, I don't know whether you're doing any commission work right now, but I've got this album. I've, I've, I, I think it would work perfectly. Um, as, as far as the brief is concerned, I I didn't really uh, I didn't really give him too much of a brief. I uh, my my approach to sort of giving artists um, briefs on on album covers or show designs or anything like that is, you know, they're artists, they're creative people, just like just like musicians, and then. You know, I feel as though if I were to if I were to be told what to create for someone else, I wouldn't really want uh, too much specific direction. I'd kind of want to just know what's what it, what the what the thing I'm I'm, I'm creating it for, and, and and let myself sort of do do my own thing. And that's exactly what I did with Aaron. I basically just said, look, here's here's where we're going with the album. Here's the here's the lyrical themes. Here's what they sound like at, at, at that point. Most of it was in demo form. I sent him a lot of the demos and just said, look, you know, we're a progressive rock band. We're a progressive metal band, but this album is actually fairly different. It's, 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 it's softer. It's really melodic. It's got a lot of post-rock stuff elements in it. So listen to it, see what you think. Uh, and he sort of, we were talking back and forth for a little bit. And uh, a few months later, he came out with, 
basically a whole bunch of probably about six or seven designs um, that all of which I believe he he sort of come back and said, here's a few ideas that I'm working on. Uh, and all of, all of those designs actually made it into the album artwork. Uh, so so I, I don't know whether you've got the album in front of you, but the album cover, um, all of the artwork in the middle and in the booklet, the, uh, the image on the back, the image in the, as you sort of open it up, everything, everything sort of came out of that one particular first idea share. Of like, oh, here's, here's, a, here's a few things that I've, that I'm working on. And, and I, I loved every single one of them. I showed, I showed the, the, uh, the artwork to the rest of the band and everybody loved all of it. So we were like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So after a few tweaking, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was good to go. Um, I wanted to have something that was uniquely his style. And if you, if you go onto his website, it's that you, you'll definitely understand uh, his style. He does all of this sort of beautiful, uh, sort of really soft colored, ornate stuff that some of us are, a lot of it's um, uh, oil and wood, um, all those beautiful things. He does a few sort of, uh, he does a few commission works of, of, of geek posters and other stuff like that. Um, they're fantastic. He sells prints, they're fantastic. Uh, if anybody is listening to this and uh, is looking to buy some art, definitely support him, he's fantastic. You performed the entire album, uh, Straight Fire, last year. Talk a little bit about that experience, what, what that was like. That was... Uh, the whole idea of, of, of playing an album from start to finish live is something that I've been basically wanting to do since I was a teenager, uh, and I'd never get to, got to do it. And I, it, was, it was something that... Uh, I mean, a huge inspiration is we, we ended up touring with my old band, Caligula's Horse, earlier in the year, uh, and, and they ended up performing their new album in contact um, uh, live in its entirety. And that was something that, you know, absolutely blew me away because I knew it's a bit of a trend nowadays. A lot of, a lot of big bands are doing that. Uh, but I'd never actually been to a, a show that had that where I'd seen a band that, that had done that, you know? Um, and typically it's, it's, it typically it sort of goes against uh how I would really um, perform a, an album because typically I, I, there's a lot of songs and a lot of things that I like to uh, that I like to put on put on albums that are kind of difficult to play live, um, especially with Stray Fire. You know, there's a lot of sort of electronic instruments and things like that that was going on that was very that I kind of worried that we may never be able to play this stuff live. Um, and when the idea came up of like we really wanted to do a special show. Yeah. And uh, that when, when the idea came up of, of, of playing the entire album, I sort of thought about the logistics of it and realized that, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's just, let's just figure it out and, and do it. And it, it, it was amazing. Like it was, we, we had a continuous backing track because uh, we play with a click and backing track live. Um, Trevor, our drummer has a, 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 a feed of a click track in his ears and then the rest of the backing track. So a lot of sort of like, synthesizers and keyboards and things that couldn't you couldn't quite play live uh especially in a four piece goes out to the backing track and then we play the rest of the uh rest of the instruments with it so we had basically one whole backing track for the entire album trevor basically press played uh and we and we all just kind of went with it went, went with it with the entire album um and it was it was fantastic it was one of the most comfortable experiences i've probably ever had on stage uh, really, really fun. I was 
a little worried about how people would kind of uh, how how some of the the more kind of weirder songs would be received, like Rudy's song or Wild Unknown. But uh, the crowd the crowd absolutely loved it. It was it was a it was a huge pleasure to play, and I and I'd actually really love to do it again sometime. Um, when we're not playing half-hour sets and smaller sets, you know, I'd love to. Next time we do uh, a bit of a headline show or a headline tour, I'd I'd, I'd love to attempt that again because uh, it was it was it was a it was a huge thrill to be able to kind of show people sort of the entire album how we how we designed it, you know. Uh, you also supported, uh, I think it was Tesseract last year. Talk a little bit about that experience as well. Uh, that was great. I um, I've, I've I, I knew a bit of the Tesseract guys uh, from a few years ago. Uh, when I was in Caligula Source, we actually ended up touring through Australia with them, and uh, to, to to find out that we I got to play with them again with Opus, that was that was that was an awesome experience. Um, I've I've been listening to Tesseract since their first album. Uh, I think they're a great band. Um, their, their newest album, in particular, Sonder, is just fantastic. I think that's probably one of the best albums I heard uh, last year. Um, and it was just a huge pleasure to kind of uh, to meet the whole band and to, we had a bit of time hanging out afterwards. Um, I know those guys work so, so hard. Uh, and I know because I've, I've, I've toured with them there, you know, when they're, when they're on tour, they're, they're on the ball and they're, they're, you know, they're focused on their work. But... Thankfully, Brisbane was the last show on their tour, so <laughs> we actually got to have a chance to kind of hang out with them and uh, and catch up. It was it was it was great, um, and to tend to watch them side of stage was just phenomenal. Um, but the show was the show was fantastic for us. You know, we had a it's always it's always a bit of a question mark when you're opening a show whether people sort of come out early, but majority of the of the venue was packed out. It was kind of it was it was quite a sort of humbling experience to kind of walk out on stage and see all those people so early, you know? Um, so it was, it, it was fantastic. It was a great night. Talk, talking more broadly about playing live, what, what is it you're trying to do when you're playing a show? It's <sighs> a tricky one. Um, I think there's a distinct lack of uh, positivity when it comes to bands playing live, I feel that, you know, which is never, never really a bad thing. There's, there's, there's many amazing bands out there that have this really kind of moody sort of dark edge. I've always liked to make light, light playing live a bit more sort of personal uh, and a bit more kind of inter- interactive with the, with the, with the audience. So we've always kind of, you know, we've always had a lot of fun. I'd lo- I want to, I want, people to kind of see us live and, and, and see us just having a ball on stage and hopefully actually being able to kind of have a ball with us. Um, it's, it's really all about just sort of uh, unabashed positivity. It's about going to get up on stage and just having a lot of fun because at the end of the day, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're seeing Tool or whether you're seeing Steel Panther, you know, it's a fun time. It's a fun time seeing any live music, and I want. And I and I've kind of just sort of candidly sort of fallen into that when I play live. I just I I, I just have a good time, and I find it hard to. Like when did you start listening to progressive music, and what was it that caught your attention? Um, I 
actually convenient that I mentioned Tool because Tool, in fact, yeah, pretty much Tool. <laughs> uh, they, I, I discovered them when I was about 14 or 15. That was kind of my first, uh, first band that was ever kind of like, you know, they did all these long songs and these sort of cerebral kind of weird passages and all these bizarre interludes and um, sort of like a, a level of aggression that you could never really get with just sort of standard metal. Um, and that was that was kind of like opened the door to uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of music that I love today. Um, I still love Tool. I, I, I will always love Tool. They'll always be a special place in my heart uh, for that band. Um, but you know, from there, when I was really getting into guitar. I kind of got into that kind of shred world a bit, and I was mad on Dream Theater and uh, you know a lot of those uh, a lot of those other kind of more sort of shreddy technical progressive bands. Um, nowadays I sort of like, I, I feel as though there's no huge amount of metal that I listen to, but the metal that I do listen to is, is, you know, I feel as though it needs to have some sort of special kind of, uh, kind of edge to it or special kind of uniqueness to it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very picky with the music that I listen to now, but, um, I think it was, it, it was, it was early when I first discovered progressive music, um, and especially progressive metal, it was it was probably around fourteen, fifteen when I really, really got into it. But um, actually being able to kind of write that music and always sort of having that idea of this is what I want to do um, was was only sort of in my in, in my sort of late teen years, sort of eight, maybe eighteen, nineteen when I was, when I left school, where I realised like you know I want to I want to do something really unique and uh, you know whether it be technical, whether it be kind of sort of more emotional sort of progressive rock it needs to be something that's really really different really unique i think you might have hinted the answer to this one just there but when did you start playing guitar and what why did you stick with it i started playing guitar at about 12 years old uh i think it was probably around maybe 12 and a half um at the time uh my parents were very hesitant to uh to get me into guitar they didn't want to buy me a guitar because uh, they they brought me to piano lessons when I was probably about seven, eight years old. And uh, this is actually a pretty funny story. And so, like, I started learning piano uh, piano when I was, yeah, around seven, eight years old and um, getting lessons with this because I, I originally came from a Catholic school when I was very young and I was getting uh, lessons from this, you know, who I thought for a very long time was just this sweet old, old lady who was a nun that was, you know, knew how to play all the hymns and everything like that. And when I got into the room and I was playing with her, she was just nasty. It was like, it was like, and I didn't want to practice. I didn't want to do anything. So I was like, and I remember her saying to like, I, I, I just kind of gave up and, you know, I didn't want, didn't want any bar of that. And I remember um, saying to her after, you know, after basically quitting lessons, I remember her going to me, oh, Zach, so you don't want to be a musician. I remember looking her in the eye and saying, no, definitely not. I don't want to be a musician. And um, a couple of years later, I saw, you know, I started to get into a bit more sort of rock music and, and metal. And again, it was, it was I don't know, with, with, with guitar, it was like, you know, you, I don't know whether you were, when you were growing up, you always kind of had these sort of images of your head of like, imagine if you were a rock star, imagine if you were, you know, you're on stage playing to all these people, you know, what instrument would you be playing? And it was always guitar for me. I don't know why, but guitar was always just that, that, that one instrument that I, that I feel like if I ever picked up an instrument, it would be guitar. And I, I eventually did. 
had a small amount of lessons, but after, you know, after maybe 10 lessons, I was effectively self-taught at that point. Um, and just started learning song after song after song. Even from an early age, I was, I was, I was writing music as well. So, uh, it was about 12 years, 12 years old and I've just been playing ever since really. What have you been listening to, watching or reading recently? Oh man, that's a, that's a tricky one. The last four weeks, I haven't really been listening to music. I've kind of been enjoying, uh, being on holiday away from music. Um, I've been rewatching House of Cards. Um, I've already list- watched all of that, but picking that up again, uh, which I think is a really fantastic series. Uh, I've been keen to get back in to get into the new Black Mirror. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the the series Black Mirror, um, but that's that's really fantastic. I, I, there's a new season out. That's kind of this weird interactive thing, but I don't I've, I haven't seen it yet, and I've been avoiding spoilers constantly. Um, but for music, it's really just kind of like I've just been picking up some old stuff. Uh, I did get into a band called Marabou State. I'm not sure if they're Australian or not, um, but they're kind of like a sort of like a, you know, like I don't really want to say world music, but they're sort of mostly electronic kind of that sort of like sort of downbeat groovy sort of electronic thing. Very similar to artists like Bonobo. Um, their, their newest album, Kingdom and Color, is fantastic. I kind of love that from the start. Um, once again, I, I, I find myself constantly going back to, to Sonder by Tesseract, I, I, I mentioned earlier. Um, that's, a, that's an album that, you know, I'll have these. When it first came out, I had this, like I was obsessed with it for months. I couldn't put it down. Then I kind of stopped listening to it, as you do with most music. And then it just, it just kind of keeps creeping in. It's an album that I can just listen to over and over again. Um, but that's probably the two big ones, the new Tesseract, um, Marabou State's fantastic. Um, that's, yeah, pretty much it, man. I, I haven't really been consuming anything in the second half of the year. I think I've just sort of like taken it easy and sort of tried to kind of nope out of society. <laughs>
Just the 